Cheerscast is part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Sam, Fraser and I have something important to tell you. Sam, this may be rough going. I mean, despite your vehement protests to the contrary, and, and with no intention of disparaging your sincerity, but Diane and I believe that you may still be suffering some emotional residue from the turbulent relationship you had with Diane. I'm sorry, Fraser. I must have dozed off for a paragraph. <laughs> What was he saying? Sam, Frazier and I came to an important decision tonight after dinner. Sam, brace yourself. Diane and I are going to cohabitate. Is that right here in the bar? Well, I guess it's <laughs> cheaper than a piano player. Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, and here with me to discuss the third season episode, Diane's Allergy, is returning guest Marlene Stemmy. How's it going, Marlene? It's going well, Ryan. How are you? I'm go- doing well, doing well. Thank you very much. Yeah. I-, I loved having a discussion on the last season, so I was happy that you were uh, you were enthusiastic to, c- to come back for more. Yes, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun, so I'm happy to be back. That's good to hear. Um, and, and since the listeners can go back to that episode to find your Cheers origin, we're just going to jump right mm-hmm. into this episode because, not to spoil or bury the lead or anything, I love this episode. So mm-hmm. uh, let's get into this one. Season 3, Episode 10, Diane's Allergy. It's written by David Lloyd, directed by James Burroughs. The original air date was Thursday, December 6th, 1984. Diane and Fraser decide to move in together, but they're nervous about how Sam will react when they tell him. When they both see his reflexive jokes as an attempt to cover up his hurt feelings, he insists that he is perfectly happy for them. But when he gets Diane alone, he tells her that she's settling for comfort and security with Fraser, but she would never have as much fun or excitement as she had with Sam. After Diane moves into Fraser's apartment, she develops an annoying tickle in her throat and in her ear, as well as sneezing. She attributes this malady as an allergic reaction to Fraser's dog, Pavlov. Sam, however, suspects the reaction is psychosomatic. Fraser agrees to give up the dog if it'll help Diane, and Sam volunteers to take the dog. A week later, a week without the dog and renovating Fraser's apartment to remove every trace of it, Diane's allergies have only gotten worse, with full-on nasal congestion and a voice that sounds like a Looney Tunes character. At last, Fraser has had enough of their denial and confronts Diane that her reaction is psychosomatic, just as Sam figured, and that she's not emotionally committed to living with him. With Diane agreeing to move out, though, Fraser feels alone and asks Sam to return Pavlov. Sam refuses, saying he's grown fond of her. Diane overhears Fraser forcefully and passionately defending his love for the dog, and, thinking that he's referring to Diane, she is so taken that she immediately gets over all of her psychological hang-ups about their relationship. The two run off together to a Kurosawa film festival, which is clearly code for something erotic, while Sam is left with the dog, which he considers the better part of the deal. 
And that was Diane's allergy. Marlene, why did you want to talk about this one? I just think, first of all, it's obviously hilarious. I was trying to not laugh while you were reading the description. Just even, you know, I've seen it an additional three times to prepare for this. And it's just as funny, if not funnier, every time. I tend to really like David Lloyd's episodes, I'm noticing. Yeah. There's just, there's something about the way he writes that, like, every scene is perfect. All the dialogue is perfect. Um, there's not really like a lot of wasted time and yet it's very natural at the same time. And it's a little bit on the edge of being absurd, but it's just, (laughs) it's just hysterical. And I've noticed that about, you know, a lot, like I said, a lot of his other episodes, there are just so many funny parts and then so much character in this one. And yet they complement each other, you know? So I, it's just eminently watchable, I would say. I agree. And this one is sort of, emblematic um like like the previous episode when we talked about diane meeting fraser's mother Mm -hmm. i i like this brief little era kind of in the middle chunk of season three they still have the chemistry between sam and diane but it still feels like their relationship is past tense there isn't really a hint that they're going to get together but the fact that they have this history gives every scene a little bit of a charge but she's with Fraser and she's committed to that and now we're dealing with the obstacles in her relationship with Fraser and mm-hmm. Sam isn't standing in the way of that overtly but he is able to call out the absurdities of that relationship and mm-hmm. i i kind of thought about I don't know if this type of episode could be done later in the series because the further we get away from like the pilot, like they they tended to dumb Sam down <laughs> later on in this, this show. Right. They, uh, well, I mean, spoilers. Later on this season, they'll they'll reveal that he has really doesn't have a high school degree. Um, right. But but within like the first couple of seasons, you you still see that he's got some natural intelligence, not just street smarts, but. He knows what Pavlov's response is. He's familiar with that psychological term. He's able to recognize a psychosomatic condition mm-hmm. and and use it in context, which kind of impresses Diane. Now, he dated Diane for a year. He's known her for two and a half years. He's been in therapy with Frazier. He's a recovering alcoholic. These aren't necessarily the most complex psychological issues that somebody like him would be unfamiliar with. I'm sure he's had occasion to hear. But still, the fact is... Within this episode, you see that despite Diane's years of academia, you know, she had seven majors in college, despite mm-hmm. Fraser being a learned doctor, a professional psychiatrist, you still have an occasion in this one where Sam is not the smartest one in the room, but he can see what they're not willing to. He can point out how foolish they're being when they're clearly in denial about something. So if you're a fan of Sam, this is a great episode for him because he can mm-hmm. he can sit back and be be the one above it all who's really superior. So That is the thing I think that I like the best about it um, is that – and I do think Sam is the smartest one in the episode. He outsmarts Diane and Frazier and outtalks them as well. And these are the two people mm-hmm. that talk endlessly. Yeah. And he doesn't have to talk endlessly to kind of talk – you know, not even he's not even talking over them, you know, but he gets the better of them verbally and to a degree intellectually, you know, and just in terms of being able to read a room also. I mean, that's more street smarts, but I love him in this episode. And I don't think that he's I mean, they present him the situation. He's not really completely taking advantage of them because they're sort of putting it on him and he's just making the best of it. But I think you're right that it is sort of the. I don't want to say the end of the era of him being more intelligent because I think there are times like way later on when a little bit of that comes back. But I definitely agree that it's 
you know, it sort of dips down after this for sure. And th- this episode really does show that, you know, like, I don't think that he can think, you know, and I don't think that those terms like the when he's talking about the um, problem being psychosomatic and that he's heard of Pavlov's response and he knows what it is. I don't think those are things that he just learned from Diane by any means. You know, right. I think yeah, that yeah. he I think the things that he does know and that he's learned, he remembers and he understands what they are. He's just not the most learned and academic person around. But I think he know like what he knows, he really knows and understands. And I think this episode showed that and showed him using it in a very I don't know, bemused is the best way I can think of. Like I don't think he wants Diane and Fraser to be unhappy. I think that he genuinely is happy for people that find relationships with each other. But I think that he's going to let it, you know, let it play out and play with them a bit at the same time. Yeah. And I wonder if, you know, because they, they come into the episode afraid of how he will react, thinking, oh, yeah. maybe thinking the worst of him, thinking that he's not going to be able to handle this. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's a little bit offended by their lack of confidence in him. <laughs> that, And maybe that's why when he's given the, when he's given the chance to, kind of twist the knife a little bit maybe you know take yeah. Fraser's dog rename the dog to Diane and everything which we'll yeah. come back, we'll come back <laughs> to that yeah. you know little moments like that I mean maybe yeah. those are somewhat childish digs just to kind of like put them off these moments but uh, I don't know you you brought up the fact that like he's able to talk them out of it or, or, or out talk them he out talks so, them yeah. and I, I think I, I think it can be so so simple as like early on when Frazier's trying to like build up to the fact that they're having this revelation, everything, and he's just kind of giving mm-hmm. this monologue. And Sam is just like, Frazier, I must have blacked out a couple of paragraphs ago. What yeah, are you talking right. about? Like, he's yeah. just able to cut through. It's like talk like real people when you're here. Right. Like, and they think that they that their situation is so important. You know, like when they walk in, I noticed that when Sam's on the other side of the bar, like, oh, there he is. You know, like this is just going to be this big revelation of what they're doing, and. It, like even the little things that they do, like Diane says that she's moving into Fraser's fashionable townhouse. Like she can't just say that she's moving into Fraser's townhouse. She has to say his fashionable townhouse. Right. Things like that. So I don't know. I'm on Sam's side in terms of like just seeing where he can take it. Mm-hmm. You know, and he doesn't have to be like. I don't think he has to show them that he's like super super smart, but he's definitely lets them know that he can outsmart them by the end. Right. Right. Okay, let's kind of let's rewind because mm-hmm. we're talking, I, I'm telling how much I like this episode. It starts from the beginning, like with the teaser. This is one uh-huh. of my favorite teasers of the oh, okay. whole run. We get this kid uh, who, in the credits, is named Ben. We never actually hear his name mentioned in the three. Um, he's played by an actor named Corey Bumper Yothers. Corey Yothers, <laughs> nicknamed Bumper. Um, he was a child actor who was active from 1977 to 1985. I don't know if he did anything after that. Not according to IMDb, at least. Um, he was in a couple of movies. He did lots of TV shows around this time. Uh, some genre stuff like Knight Rider, Father Murphy, St. Elsewhere. Uh, he was in Trapper John MD, the Nash spinoff. Or, uh, he was in Different Strokes, a few things like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this kid okay. comes in and like Carla's like, hey, can I help you? And he's like, I'm looking for Sam Malone. She's like, he's, that's him behind the bar. And we see Sam and, and Coach behind the bar next to each other kind of noticing, hey, a little kid just walked into this bar. And the kid's like, boy, has he mm-hmm. gotten old. <laughs> and and they're kind of like uh, uh, that's that's coach you know I, I I'm Sam like, I know <laughs> he's like I know I know and 
and you just see the look on like seeing how he almost has to bite his lip. He's like, mother, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like this kid. And then he comes in and he's like, I'm sorry, you know, my brother is sick. He kind of explains like the kid, his, his brother has tonsillitis or something. He's like, it would mean the world if he could have an autographed baseball. He has his baseball with him. And Sam is like, sure, sure. He's got a marker. He's about to sign it. He's like, no, 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 not you. I was hoping you could help me find Carl Yastrzemski. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sam is like ready to chuck the ball out like through the door. He's like, "No, I can help you find it." And then he's like, "No, we don't, we don't keep in touch." And the kid is really let down. He's like, "Well, could you sign it? It's almost as good." And Sam is like, "Sure, fine." He's like, "Are you sure your brother won't mind?" Kind of jokingly, and the kid just very straight face. Ben is like, "Yeah, he doesn't know what Strumsky's handwriting looks like." <laughs> and I just, oh gosh, I love this little teaser. It's so good. Every every bit, yeah. It's so funny because the kid has – it's almost – it's not quite a sob story, but almost about how his brother like, – he's already insulted Sam once about the yeah. – my boy is healed. And he kind of has this sad little story about his brother and Sam falls into that and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll sign it. And then the Ustremski thing. So the kid sort of – it happens you know, the third time when he's like, he doesn't know what his handwriting looks like. That was just the topper. And I noticed that Sam is about to sign it. He's raising the pen when the kid says that. And then he just kind of stops, like folds his arms crossed or like together basically. And then, you know, he signs it. But he does what the kid wants in the end, but it's just funny because the kid kind of gets the better of him in the teaser, not unlike him getting the better of Diane and Frazier in the main episode. Sorry, right, right, yeah. So. And, and you're right, three right. times. He gets the three yeah. digs. Yeah. And each one consecutively seems to be hurting more and like more. Worse than the last, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then throughout the episode, the other kind of subplot um, we get is it's Carla's birthday. Um, mm-hmm. And the game gets for a series of games. First, I love, like, you talked about David Lloyd's script, like, how he can, like, if you need somebody to just cut to the chase and get to the point of things, you bring in Carla, having giving the first line of the scene. Right, and that's in. true, yeah. Because she just walks in from the back and she's like, if you're planning a surprise party for me and you damn well better, let's get the show <laughs> on the road. <laughs> We're like, okay, okay, let's do this thing. Yeah. So, and it's a series of gag gifts. Everybody starts off with Cliff giving her a gift. It looks like it's some fancy perfume. It's toilet water and like this mm. little mini toilet thing. Um, Norm comes out like straining to lift this heavy. You, you think he's carrying a bowling ball or like a cinder block or something. This heavy package, but it's all a gag because when she opens it, the only thing in the box is one jelly bean, and not just any bad jelly bean. <laughs> it's, it's garlic flavor. Garlic flavor, which for the mid '80s was not as common, I wouldn't think, as today to have a garlic flavored jelly bean. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to a I've been to a An candy oddity. counter. <laughs> I've been to a candy counter with a lot of jelly beans. I don't think I've seen garlic. <laughs> that was funny. And then the last one, you know, they the Sam and, and Coach go in together to get her a box that says silverware. But it's mm-hmm. just like a domino mask, and they makes the the Lone Ranger joke. You you ride it, you wear it to ride on silver. Yeah. Um. And it, so it's kind of like, all right, ah, the, the, that part was okay. And then later on, um, Fraser and Diane actually get her a gift, and you think, okay, if this is something from Fraser, it's going to be serious. And he she opens up a gift, and it's this right. fine stemware. And because Fraser at that point, I think, has shown us that he doesn't understand jokes, or doesn't have a sense <laughs> yeah. of humor quite yet. So it's, like, it's the last thing you would expect. Yeah, yeah, you're right, actually. He's, like, it's pretty... <laughs> he, he rarely isn't on the jokes or his sense of humor is pretty off compared to the rest of the gang. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, he's got a... Yeah, that's, that's actually a point in this episode when, because they, he, they come... He and Diane came in from Shea Fujimoto. Fujimoto. <laughs> <laughs> 
this Japanese French fusion restaurant. And when he goes back out to the car to get the gift, he's like, unless the sake made me crocky or something. Right. <laughs> right. He, and Diana's explained something was a joke to him, too, when they were sitting at the bar as part of like the primary story. So, yeah, yeah. they set it up well. Yeah. And Cliff, when he says makes the sake joke, Cliff is like, hey, how come you guys never told me he was funny? <laughs> right. like, well, Norm's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. no. He's like, now you know why. Um, so the, but they ended up giving her a gift. It looks like it's fine stemware. And it's a joke. Once she starts drinking the red wine, it spills onto her shirt. It's like, and what did he call it? Fine dribble crystal. It's dribble crystal. <laughs> yeah. It's dribble crystal. But you know what I noticed, too, about each of the gifts? is that she's so hopeful before each one. Like, she's kind of skeptical, but then she's hopeful, and then she's, like, let down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, every I think, one of them. Yeah, I think it's probably... I think the, the what justified it is, like, kind of the order of who gave her what gifts. Like, mm-hmm. okay, if if Cliff was going to do that, Norm was going to do that as a, as a gag, but certainly Sam and Coach, they love her. They're, they're not going to do a, a, give her a gag like that. And then, like, when Diane and Frasier, you know, that's not their sense of humor to pull pranks and everything like that. And Frasier right. doesn't know her that well. He You know, he's a classy guy. He wouldn't do that. So I think at least they gave they gave enough reason for her to suspend her skepticism, maybe? Mm-hmm. I agree with that, yeah. yeah. And she seems to think it's a very classy. I mean, it looks classy. He's called it fine dribble crystal. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, um, so later in the episode, when uh, she comes, like, you know, that she's she's showing, like, how, how bummed she is about the gifts and everything, and they're feeling, uh, you know, kind of appropriately guilty about that. And they make... Um, they're, they're, they kind of just decide that, okay, they're going to get her, like, a real gift, and, and Cliff volunteers to go out and get something. <laughs> and I love Norma has this, he's like, are we sure we want Cliff to do this? He's likely to come back with something kind of tasteless. And Sam calls it, like, yeah, yeah, but none of us will know the difference. <laughs> right. He comes back, he gets her the sweater that she puts on, and it looks great, and she's really happy, and she goes, and then Cliff tells the others that what Carla doesn't know is, as she sweats, the sweater, like the words, I'm horny as a hoot owl, like grow on the shirt. And when he said, like, yeah. these other, these like three or two or three other guys, like these tertiary bar guys that we've never seen before, pick Cliff up and throw him out and of the Take bar. him out by his pants, yeah. And like, what, a, like, I looked at these guys, I was like, these guys look like they were in the movie Goodfellas. Like, did Sam bring in some <laughs> like muscle to teach Cliff a lesson? Like, one of them's got like this plaid polyester jacket, one of them's wearing leather, and it's like, who who are these guys that are just like, yeah. gonna pick Cliff up and physically muscle him out of the bar? Yeah. Did you notice when he was on the when they, and they still had him when he was on the stairs and he calls back like I'll see you tomorrow or something. <laughs> yeah, he's holding his nose too. Like like he's like he slammed into the brick wall outside. Yeah. 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 That was good. So this reminded me of a story that I believe was part of an interview that George Wynn participated in for the, I think it was for the 30th anniversary of the premiere of Cheers and Sheree Eichen, or I guess Sheree Steinkelner now, it was the sort of the MC and George Wendt was telling the story about when Kirstie Alley joined the cast and how the cast got together before her first night of filming and decided they wanted to get a gift for her to kind of like make her feel welcome and so forth. And so <laughs> he's telling the story about like Ted Danson, you know, wanted to do it. But he had a meeting and Rhea Perlman had something else. So George Wendt and John Ratzenberger were assigned this duty of going out to get a present for Kirstie Alley. <laughs> and I could just see it. I could see like Norman Cliff. And that's what I thought of when they sent Cliff on this errand. I'm like, that is just like in this story about them going to get a present for her. And he's describing this, you know, like they only heard a certain amount of time. So he's describing this whole pe- driving past doors, thinking what they could get. And they ended up getting her a shotgun. 
So, <laughs> and so, like, again, with the very strange gift that they come back with. And he said that she loved it. He did not say what the rest of the cast thought about this assignment and how they had fulfilled it. But I love that story. And that is what I thought about when, you know, when Cliff was embarked on this gift, <laughs> gift getting. I'm like, this is, yeah, <laughs> not going to go any better this time. Wow. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I think it's, it's a fun story. No, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I can't imagine that, that you putting those two guys in in charge of getting the gift for the new cast member. The new lead actress, right? Yeah. <laughs> it must have worked somehow. Uh, okay, all right. Then once uh, when Diane and Fraser first walk in, you know, they're they're talking and everything, and she she mentions something about how how you know his intelligence is a big turn on for her. And he responds, mm-hmm. you know, kind of cockily, and he kind of mentions E equals MC square. And I think, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Antigeny recapitulates phylogeny. Yeah, well, that was, so that was the other one. I was like, equals, okay, E equals MC square is pretty basic. I was like, I don't know if that would really, like, work. I was like, I think everybody know, has heard that before. That It, it sounds smart. Like, That's an assuring you. When yeah. he actually mentions the ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny, I was like, Okay, wait a minute. I was like, okay, I barely understand that concept. I know it has to do with like embryonic development and stuff like that. But, and then, yeah, so they, the, I, I love the mention of Shea Fujimoto and stuff like that. Yeah. And she says, too, when she walks in, she she's, she wants to put it off. That's the other thing that's interesting is that, that her sort of repression or whatever it is starts at the very beginning. She wants to put off whatever they're going to do. But she says so as not to despoil the lovely evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not rain, not spoil, but despoil a lovely evening. Because yeah. then, um, yeah. when when they actually tell Sam too, the other the other word was um, when he says we're going to cohabitate, and Sam's like right here <laughs> in the bar, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's um, so funny. And and the, jumping out when they when they mentioned the uh, the Pavlov's response thing, and and mm-hmm. yeah, and Fraser has to like explain. He's like, Pavlov is my dog. I couldn't you know, I couldn't resist the uh, the, the joke or something. And they're it was like and, the witticism. Yeah, I the believe, witticism. he says. <laughs> and you're, oh, you're right because Diane is about to explain the the thing. She's like and they, Pavlov, and and he's like, yeah. I know all about Pavlov. So you're right. He wouldn't have heard that from her. That's something that he probably just he already knew. He's like Pavlov's response, mm-hmm. drooling at the sound of a dinner bell or something. <laughs> Oh, she's like, I've yeah. done that before. Like, I didn't know what to call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And they think that they are so, they're just having such a laugh over the fact that he said, Pat, like that Frazier said that the only thing that would stand in their way is Pavlov's response. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, Tortling to themselves and so forth. So I love that Sam's like, no, no, I know all about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm, I'm going to, um, Later on, when they're talking about the dog and everything, and he has the line, which is like you, you hear it in context now. It's like, whew, and then he like he, he kind of like saves it. I think like I, I wonder like if the network knew what, like or or how they like, had to like kind of skirt the razor's line because Sam's like, yeah, I had a dog. My ex-wife <laughs> took her. Little bitch. About that high, <laughs> like like really quickly, yeah. like but before they can respond, he's like, yeah, the dog was like this tall or something like that, and everything like that. How quick he is! I, I, like I wonder because like it's such like when you hear the word, you're like, did he just say that? Like what? Are we? <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm talking about the dog, not my ex-wife. Yeah, yeah. But he, that's the, that's when he first really I think starts to mess with them mm-hmm. and use it, not mess with them. Like that sounds too negative, but kind of like it plays a little bit with their heads and. I think that Sam has higher verbal intelligence than we give him credit for because the way that he words things sometimes is really 
at least sounds intelligent, even if he's not always like the most, again, like academically intelligent person. But the way he says this, like you said, it's just very low key. It's like I had a puppy once. And then he's like, well, my ex-wife took her little bitch. But he doesn't say it with animosity. So it's like, what did he say? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, and he kind of has a grin on his face. So you know that he's kind of playing with him. Yeah. And I, I've always felt like, like sometimes like – it, it, he, yeah, it's it, you wonder sometimes. Okay, are the writers making him smarter or dumber than he needs to be just for the sake of a joke? And I'm, I'm never quite mm-hmm. sure because back in the, the first season when Diane comes in with the date who can count every letter in a sentence yeah. or something like that automatically. Yeah. At the end of that sentence, she, you know, Diane says something like, "She says I resent that or something," and Sam immediately 11. comes back with eleven. Yeah, he knew yeah. that. Like he was, like he was that quick that either he anticipated what she was going to say or he just he knew. So I was like, okay, yeah, the, Sam, Sam's not an idiot. That that they think. Right. So. Um, we've been talking all about how how great Sam is in this, but. Di- I mean, <laughs> Diane's performance in this one is amazing uh, for, like, the – not just, like, the, the dialogue or the comedy, but, like, the physicality that she could bring. And mm-hmm. I don't know at what point they found that Shelley, Shelley Long could do this little verbal facial tick. Um, it was in the first season, but I think once they knew that she could do that, they found ways to use that as often as they could. And he mm-hmm. it's like when she walks in and she's like, I can't get she like it like it's like it does that right. It's like just like, it's like half of a grand mall seizure as she's walking down the stairs, like her face is just fluttering. Like different parts right. of like her, her eyes and her cheeks are just moving sort of independently. It's like, how is she doing that if it's not like if she's not really feeling that? And she's kind of humming. It's like a humming noise at the same time. You know? <laughs> yeah. The way she's describing it, like in the ear, but not. And it's just, mm-hmm. and, and Sam is just listening to it. It's like, yeah, are we sure this is a real thing? Or are you just making these excuses? Um, and then later on by the, it, by the second. It might be psychosomatic. I think that's when he says that it might be psychosomatic, isn't yeah. it? Or like the aller- the whole so-called allergy thing yeah. <laughs> might be psychosomatic. And she's like, uh, she's like, I'm impressed that you were. What is she? How does she say? I'm impressed by anyone who can. Oh, it was gotta- something about like she insults him because she's getting kind of defensive. She says something about um, he's impressed. He's mentioned a complex psychological concept. And then she says it was something about having to write like L and R on his shoes. Uh, shoes yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. By, by the end of it, once we get to when Fraser comes in the second time, and, and, and he's he's like exhausted, and he's joking about ordering like a, a triple like triple stinger or something like that, beer chaser, for, because to get through his patient load, and he starts to describe this voice that she's got now. She's so confused, and but and he's like he's like you just have to hear it. So it's, we're kind of primed. Okay, there's something going in, and then. When you actually hear it, it's the dialogue. The way voice goes, I can't even imitate it. It's just, it's, it's a tune. It sounds like she's like being voiced by Mel Blanc. Oh, I know, I know. And they set it up well too because he mentions the voice, and then they have. I'm sure we'll talk about this. The whole renaming situation. They have that part of it, I think. And after that, and then even when Diane comes in, she's sneezing, and they have this whole tension around her sneezing. but it's, you know, they get into a conversation. So it's not like she comes in speaking that way. Like you kind of not forget, but you like lose the expectation of what's coming so that when she, she drops into that voice, it's like very startling and hilarious. 
Right, right. It has to. It, has, it almost needs like the trigger of the tension of that moment of, yeah. of her of her denial and everything. Yeah, so, yeah. I forgot. They they, sw- they Sam takes the dog and he renames it Diane, <laughs> which is like the first affront that Fraser can't believe. He's renamed my dog and he's named Diane. He's like, yeah. He's like, it's great. Like she starts barking and I say, shut up, Diane. I give her a little slap and she does. Yeah. And she does. It's heaven, and it's like. <laughs> Oh, wow, wow. And you just see, like, the blood draining from Fraser's face. Yeah. But the way Sam plays all of that, too, is hilarious because it's like he he waits a moment when Fraser is talking about, I think he says he's hungry for news of little Pavlog, and Sam's like, oh, you must mean little Diane. And then goes into <laughs> yes. the whole thing. And it says yeah, something just- about... Like it's because Fraser doesn't Fraser say it would be confusing having two Dianes and Sam is like well, we'll have to call your your girlfriend Pavlov and then he like immediately yeah. says like by the way how are Pavlov's allergies now that I have that Diane and I thought like, yeah. he's so matter of fact and that was one of the things I meant when I was like he's out talking he out talks Diane earlier and then he's out talking Fraser here and Fraser just kind of goes along with it he's like he goes into like talking about you know Sam has just said how is Pavlov and then Diane or sorry Fraser starts telling him you know. He doesn't object anymore. He can't help it. I don't know. I just thought that was great. Yeah, that's why I wonder, like, if Sam was genuinely hurt by the fact that she was willing to move in with Frazier when she wasn't, when she, she says she never took that step with him. Like, if this is all just maybe even a little bit fueled by petty jealousy and resentment and betrayal, then, I mean... Boy, is he good at it? <laughs> because yeah. he, just, he knows he like, and I've said that before. He like Sam and Diane knew each other so well that they they knew exactly how to how to drill each other and just, yeah, you know, like what buttons to push. They they could do that better than anybody. That didn't make them a good couple. No, <laughs> not for some, reason, for some reason they kept trying. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, yeah. So she gets the she, um, when when the voice finally comes out and. When uh, Frazier is like, no, we're not, we're not gonna. It's like we can't do this to you and everything. And she's like, no, I want to make this work. Like, 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 oh god, that the voice. <laughs> yeah, and you also you see Sam. He's kind of leaning on the bar, just watching and so forth. He's having the time of his life. Yeah. yeah. But there was this whole domestic like argument about all the things she tried to do in the condo. I think to clear it of the dog or whatever. And does it? I want to say it's like. When he it's when he talks about how he spent his career, you know, trying to what was it like unmask repression and you know <laughs> denial and all these yeah. things, and then they're waiting in it, and it's just like it gets further and further into that, and then I think he says something about at some point in there he says something about like maybe it's psychosomatic, and Sam was like, "Gee, there's a thought." <laughs> you know? yeah, yes, yes, exactly. And, and Diane like gives him a dagger look at that point too, because yeah. he's like, "We both know how often these kind of reactions are psychosomatic." And, and you're right, Sam is. Like, Gee, there, now there's a thought, and Diane just looks at him like, "You shut the hell up!" Because yeah. like, he's like, "Yeah, I called this a week ago." And, yeah, uh, yeah. And that's yeah. kind of, I think, the point when her voice like kicks up into the squeak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's so good. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, when, when she when she leaves the room and everything, and Sam and and Fraser start arguing over Pavlov, or in this case, little Diane, and and Fraser is like willing to like demand, it's like it's mine. I I my emotional need for her is is stronger now. And Diane overhears part of the conversation, so she thinks she's talking about they're talking about her. Mm-hmm. And like the the voice, she still sounds a little bit congested, but almost a little bit more breathy and breathless kind mm-hmm. of like at the same time and she's like Frazier and she like runs into his arms and she's like the fact that you would de- 
profess your love for me so strongly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Sam is going to correct her. He's like, actually, we're talking about, and, and Frazier shuts him up. He even like, <laughs> has that kind of like beneath the bar, kind of like this hand gesture thing to Sam that, that's out of Diane's line of sight. That's like, shut up, shut up, just go along with this. You know? And he says something about, like, she's a clever girl. She knows what we're talking about. She's <laughs> yeah, the yeah, least exactly. clever one in this episode. <laughs> and then the, the ending, this part, like she said, she's mentioning that there's a, a Kurosawa oh, film man. festival playing at Cambridge, and he's like not even. And then like like a moment later, he's like Kurosawa, you say, and uh-huh. talking, and I was like, okay, I've seen a couple of Kurosawa films. I was like, I, I never thought they were particularly erotic or or sexy. I was like, they, this must be like their code for something. I was like, unless like I mean, sure. they, she did talk about the the natural intelligence that she finds attractive and maybe just the fact that it's an artistic foreign film. Something That's like what that, I was maybe, thinking, but, but the way that he's like, oh, I could watch that over and his films over <laughs> and over. <laughs> and they're like, sure she's like, can I have the afternoon off? I was like, okay, they're going. They're going. Yeah. Like, they're not going to watch. Me. And then he's like, you wouldn't stand between us and the seven samurai, would you? And Sam's like, no, I hope all nine all of you nine have of a great time. That was another thing. I was like, that's pretty bright to come back with that right off the bat. All nine of you have a wonderful time. Woody. Uh, and then, yeah, at the end of it, uh, Norm just has the cap. Or he, he's like, you know, <laughs> Frazier gets Diane and you get to go home to a dog. Sam's like, yep, somebody up there likes me. And it's like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So when Diane goes back to the bathroom to use all the pharmaceuticals or whatever it was that Frazier said that she <laughs> had in her purse, <laughs> yeah. and she turns back before she goes and approaches Sam. This is my favorite part. This is probably my favorite <laughs> one. And she speaks in that high-pitched voice, and she's like, well, Sam, aren't you going to gloat? And Sam, kind of like with his head cocked inside in the same voice, is like, and I think I'm above that, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can see that over and over and over <laughs> and over again. I thought that was – it's so funny. He does the voice really well. It's the perfect – I don't know. It's the perfect, like, coming together of him sort of messing with them. Um mm-hmm. I don't know, and he—I don't know—he just did a really good job. Ted Danson's little expressions and vocalizations, I think, are really funny. Sometimes they're underplayed, but I think that he does a great job. And I just—I know it's coming, but I still laugh every time I hear that line, just yeah, in that voice yeah, coming back at her. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good, so good. Yeah, and that's why I keep saying, like, I—I I love this episode. It's so fun, just from from that teaser with the kid mm-hmm. and and. And to, you know, just Sam being having their number the whole time and being able to drive them and like the the from Diane and Shelley's mannerisms, the 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 vocal changes and the, like the voices and the 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 ticks and everything. It's just mm-hmm. yeah, and and as just a yeah, I mean like just like when the 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 sort of the three per, the three man ensemble, the three person piece of Fraser, Diane, and Sam throughout mm-hmm. this season is just something that is really, really special. When it, when the focus is on those three, I think that was absolutely the right thing that the series needed at this point. I can um, see it. Stories work first, really well among the three of they, them. They do. And and it's, it's the natural progression of what you would need because the first season was Sam and Diane, will they or won't they get together? How, how much can they tease and flirt before they succumb and they get together? The second season was, okay, they're together. 
can they last? Or are they going to break up by the end of this episode? And, and is it going to be for good? Because they frequently did break up at the end of episodes and, and they got back together. Um, now, at this point, it's like, okay, they're broken up. What can we do to keep the, the, the tension and the, and the chemistry here? Okay, we're introducing a third character, a third romantic partner. Mm-hmm. And, and, and who isn't just an obstacle for Sam and Diane getting back together. Fraser's a heavyweight in their class and he's able to carry these. And I mean, I think yeah. that, that's why we will see the, the actor and the character was such a strong presence throughout the rest of the series and got his own spinoff. Mm-hmm. So Sorry. Fraser is arguably the most famous character from Cheers. More than more than even Sam or Diane or Rebecca because he got he had his own show that lived just as long as Cheers did. Yeah, so. I was going to say too. I think it's interesting that Frazier at first is coming to Cheers to see Diane because he's with Diane, but then after a while and in this episode too, like he's not just coming in to see her. Like he comes in to talk to Sam, and then yeah. we see him gradually come in and you know talk to the other, like be kind of one of the guys in his own way, and then that just grows for the rest of the series too. But it starts pretty quickly in this season. You know, because he comes in before Diane, like a, a, a good bit before Diane's there when he comes in and orders the drink and says he has a heavy patient load and he's talking about, you know, little Pavlov, who you know, is now little Diane and so <laughs> forth. But he comes in and is talking to Sam about it. So I think that that's an interesting, it wasn't just like a, you know, a relationship that went one way or that was between two people with the extra, like you said. Like there's also the, like Frazier sort of being pulled into the bar into Sam's circle also. It's a commonism that um, a lot of psychiatrists see psychiatrists of their own, uh, mm-hmm. and they have their their own sort of outlets and people that they can talk to. And I feel like Sam is sort of like at times fills that for for Fraser too, yeah, is serving yeah. as the the confident, the person that he can talk to in that sort of bartender and psychiatrist. The similarity kind of sort of mm-hmm. both similar roles too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for Norm's tab, he had three beers this episode, which brings him to 251 for the series. Um, for the employee of the week, uh, <laughs> this was really, really tough, um, between Diane and Sam for me. Okay. Um, because for all of the reasons that we sang Sam's praises and everything like that, but I'm like, just in terms of the physical performance that Shelley brought to Diane in this one with the voice and the 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 physical mannerisms and those characteristics and when we started this i was leaning diane and i was going to give it to her but after talking about it mm-hmm. i think i have to say sam was the employee of the week for this one what do you think no i absolutely agree i thought it was sam the whole time which is interesting because i think we both picked sam in the last episode we did but there was to me there was more competition that time this time it's like outright sam's episode um, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I mean, just what he's her, able to do, you know, and he's like, he's not again, like, I don't think he's, I think he's playing with their sort of repressed anxieties and their pretentiousness to a degree, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going on the offensive. It's just, I, I just, for all the things, all the reasons we've said, I think it's his episode. Yeah, he actually, like, they're all he, strong, very, though. he lets their neuroses come to him. Is mm-hmm. the thing. He mm-hmm. never seems like he's straining to do anything. He's very relaxed and comfortable and just kind of like he can drop like a grenade on whatever <laughs> thing they need from right. a, from a safe distance and he doesn't have to actually get in the trenches to like fight with them about with this. It's very yeah, oh gosh, it's, it's yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um but yeah, I do I do want to give Shelly the shout out for just being able to achieve that voice and the facial things. Oh, absolutely. 
And I would say Kelsey um, Grammer um, for the just the, some of the expressions and the way that he he has you know Fraser teeters back and forth between trying to be this accommodating, good natured boyfriend, I guess, and being just so angry about him being repressed. <laughs> that he, I think he does that well. Like the mood switches and the expression switches back and forth. So they all they're all pulling their weight in this one. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the bit that you really liked. Uh, for uh, when when she comes back and she gets that she tries to get the last line on on Sam yeah. and he shoots back with I like to think I'm above it <laughs> right. he gives a line for my home run one of the ones that I had was immediately following that when she turns and walks away and Norm kind of watches her and Norm kind of jokes to Sam he's like now is it me or is that kind of sexy <laughs> that's right <laughs> and he just he says that. and actually Sam I don't know if yeah. this was meant to be for Sam or for Ted Danson but you see Sam kind of crack a smile too like he's yeah he did. At it. He's kind of like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, um, I, lo- I so I love that line, and then just for the for the delivery of it, Diane, the, when she actually goes, "No, I want to make this work." <laughs> that, that was that was perfect because that could have just been silly, but it really is hilarious the way that she says that. Um, yeah. I also, gosh, there's so many though. That's the thing that it's like every you know, like I feel like everything hits the mark, like all the dialogue just sparkles as it should. But there was actually something that you had mentioned in the introduction that got into a conversation that also had some of my favorite like lines from Sam in it. But you said that Sam said that Diane was settling for comfort and security. So there's that whole conversation that's interesting in itself when um, Diane is saying what she and Sam had was exciting, but there's no future. And what she has with Frazier is more substantial. And Sam rolls off this entire speech about, being careful about that excitement stuff and how too much of that. And soon you'll expect life to be enjoyable. One day you'll wake up and all those years of pleasure have gone by. And what have you got to show for it? Happiness. And then he just kind of like throws his head back and rolls his eyes. You know? Yes. I yeah. really see it land on her. Yeah. You, you, and you see, and maybe that was the seed and maybe like, like, because she's like, yeah, I'll say, and like, she's kind of like staring off at the distance and maybe that was the point. Maybe that was the moment that started the whole, all of her misgivings and her mm-hmm. second thoughts. And that's yeah, where mm-hmm. all of the psychosomatic allergy started right at that moment. Yeah, that's possible. That's true. God, yeah, we kind of like, like Sam is doing his own, he's like Yago or something like this. He's got his own little <laughs> Shakespearean really like, mischief maker in this one. This is, I think that's a sort of, I mean, I wouldn't be able to, to choose, you know, I, I don't know enough Shakespeare to say exactly how it would be Shakespearean, but it does have that more of that vibe to it, I think. There's just something yeah, about it that they all bring to it. And in the way it's the trio, too, you know, that's, um, mm-hmm. it's got, it does have like a Shakespearean feel to it. And then if I was going to, if there was any other, like, in contention for my home run, uh, the, the entire teaser, as we described, oh, right. the whole, that whole scene with the kid, that from, the from start really to finish. Yeah. yeah. He does a really good job. They have, when they have child actors on the show, they tend to, I think, really hit the mark and not be like, what, I don't know, like what I think of like a typical child actor that's just kind of a, you know, a smart aleck. He was beyond that. Like, he was very good in delivering the lines and making that little boy a character, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wanted to know what you think of this because I was, I had the sense that there was some thematic connection between the stories, like Carla's story about her birthday and the whole thing with um, Frazier and Diane cohabitating because it seems like they both are very excited. Like, Carla's excited about her presence. Diane and Frazier are excited about moving in together. And then they have this, you know, kind of period of like things going awry. Like, Carla's just getting these gag gifts and she feels worse than she did before the party and then Diane is far worse off than she was before she moved in with Frazier 
you know, and like they're all trying to make amends for this and it gets worse and worse. And then in the end, Carla thinks she has this great gift, but it turns out that Cliff is, you know, kind of pulled her leg yet again. And Diane thinks that Frazier has been very like gallant and standing up for his love for her. And it turns out he was talking about his dog. So it's all based on illusion in both cases, you know, but I thought that that was an interesting, I don't know. I feel like that's David Lloyd's writing genius. There's an interesting pattern, even though the stories don't really interrelate with each other. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, you would think at some point, Carla will discover the, the, the ruse or the deception or something or, or right. the truth. Of but Diane's happiness potentially hinges on her never finding out the truth. Right. Um, yeah, an interesting parallel. I wonder. I don't know if that was intentional. I just think that that's, it's just good writing. That whole episode, just mm-hmm. impeccable writing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. There, I have a feeling when I uh, lay out my list for uh, how I rank the episodes this season, I have a feeling this one will be pretty high. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it would be yeah. for me as well. Uh, anything else before we go? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for being uh, my guest again on uh, Cheerscast, and I know I will get you back again later on this season. As yeah, long great. As you're available. Absolutely, I love it. It's been fun. Until then, where else can people find you if they want to hear more from you? Okay, so I am on a podcast called the X Cast, which is an X Files podcast, and it's on the We Made This Podcast Network. And it's it's similar to this. It's going through every episode of the X Files and discussing it. And I actually do discussion groups with some of our patrons as well on like side topics. So that's my my other big thing in podcasting. And other than that, I'm just on Facebook and Twitter at Marlene Stemmy. Thank you very much again, uh, listeners. Thank you to all of you out there who listen to Cheerscast and support the show by liking and sharing on Facebook, favoriting and retweeting on Twitter, and leaving a comment on the website, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Mike Gillis from Radio vs. the Martians, Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, and Ashford Wright from the Right On Network, who sponsored this show. For more information on how you can support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network, visit patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed. Diane, the damn dog is gone. She's halfway across the city. I don't want to go on putting you through all this. Are you sure? <laughs> I made a commitment here. Obviously, you're not ready yet for this kind of commitment. Perhaps someday you will be, perhaps not. We'll just have to wait and see. Oh, I'm going to make this worse. <laughs> Diane, please don't hold on to this for me. I love you, but I think your health is more important. Maybe you're right. I'm sure I'm right. Now, listen, uh, go and gargle and spray your throat. Use your inhaler. Take your antihistamine and uh, put your nose drops in. Use whatever else you can find in that pharmacy you call a purse. Well, Sam... Aren't you going to gloat? I like to think I'm above that, Diane. (laughs)